Hello and welcome to Elite Cadre, the War Machine Hordes podcast. That's wait, 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 wait. Slogan. Wait. What happens if when um, Alex isn't here to interrupt? Uh, then you do it. Oh, see. Right. I, I believe you're on shift for this one. Oh, you? sorry. I, okay. All There's right. a chain of command. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You step out of line. I, sorry, I just want to say I just shed a tear to be part of that interruption. It was it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's the things you've been listening to episode after episode, and now. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's um, I just want to thank my mum. Where do we start with? I'm Mike, and now on to someone. I'm Kurt. I'm Alex. Alex isn't here. I'm not Alex. I'm Chris. There we go. I'm Ben. I think that's all. That's it. Okay. We're done. We're done. And that was Lee Cadre. Thank you very yeah. much, guys. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> yes, Ben. Benji's slowly freezing to death, sat next to a candle that's guttering out. In his half a half a fridge box. Um, well, well, winter heating, you know, it does cost an arm and a leg. It does. I, I get all the heat I need from my PC, and I wish I was joking. Oh. I used to I have one of those. Like, yeah, I used to be like that. Yeah, I used to have one of those. So, okay. Well, we've been on uh, something of an extended hiatus for various reasons. Christmas. Uh, <laughs> what? Christmas, Christmas ran for the whole of December. Apparently. Christmas. There, 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 that. Christmas runs for the whole of December, and if you're in my family, it runs into January as well. So uh, I just see that, that post, yes. Yes, yes. Christmas for me is on January the 7th again. I'll buy you a new calendar. It's fine. I, I've got a perfectly good calendar already. It's just that one of them slipped a bit by, you know, several days. Um, so we're uh, back, and uh, we had a suggestion for a topic uh, from Chris here. Uh, because he wanted to have a little bit of word about the UK and Ireland Super Series. Yeah, I thought I'd just come harass you. So, okay. Yeah. So, Chris, you kiss, go. Woo! So, it's the War Machine and Hordes UK and Ireland Super Series. I just say that because I had to say it so many times now. The fact that I can say it, it makes me happy. Um, you can say it now without messing it up. Well done. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, if you've not heard of it already, um, then what this is, is this is the brainchild of myself and uh, Rich Beach and a few others. Um, and what we basically wanted to do is we got back from... Uh, by the way, just stop me if you want any questions and I, and I waffle and stuff. Oh, um, we will do. We will do. Don't worry. <laughs> have, you, um, um, not, have you not listened to the podcast before? Interruption is what we do. It, it, that is true. That is true. Mm. Um, so, basically, we went to uh, WTC. Um, and obviously Rich uh, was on the England team. Um, and one of the things we found was that like, as part of the, and I was part of the committee. And one of the things we found that we, when we were doing the applications and we were looking at teams and we were looking at setting things up that in England and Ireland and all this kind of stuff, well, less so Ireland, they're a bit more organized, but um, we found that there was lots of like metas, if you like, you know, there's like the Northwest, there's a couple of groups which we've not managed to knit together. But then there's, there seems to be these like pockets of war machine players everywhere, but they're not really connected. You know, the old time that people will go across to go play somewhere else, but there wasn't this kind of, you know, as a country, you know, we've got other countries where literally they will travel eight hours to go to each other's skip tournaments and stuff like that. And we won't go off an hour up the road, you know, to play. So we well, thought... You are speaking to a group of people. I, I do travel two hours each time to go to Bristol. So. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, there are some, and that's not... Well, I have done it. And I'd go as far as say I have done it, just not for quite some time. Yeah, it yeah. Uh, the UK thing tends to be that, like, everyone does their local stuff, and then they do the national stuff. You know, that, that seems to be the most people you'll, that you won't see, but you'll just see everyone come to, like, the nationals and Welsh and things like that. 
Um, so the idea was that we thought that what we want to do is to get you know England and obviously you know, Wales and Scotland and Ireland involved as well uh, to try and like knit everything together and you know get help you know bring people together, which will also mean that people get better and then hopefully we can go you know slap people around at uh, WTC and bring home the gold. Um, was the basic premise, and then what that turned into was the UK and Ireland's uh, War Machine and the Hearts UK and Ireland Super Series. Um, so, um, the basic premise so this year, just to be aware, it is rough and ready. It was uh, got a group of us together. So, we've also got uh, James White and uh, Toby Nathan that are kind of heading us together, and you'll hear us on the uh, podcast yep. um, as the hosts. And we kind of try and make the decisions as much as possible. Um, and then we've also got representatives from around the um different areas and what we've done is uh, broken up now what you can do is if you go to wmhukiss.co.uk that is our website it's got everything on there and you can actually see all the uh, regions where it's broken down there's the different people for the different regions who's representing them and the pre basic premise is that you'd go to your local steamroller that steamroller will have a qualifier so for example there is a steamroller that i'm going to tomorrow uh, where the top uh, two people will qualify, and then there are seven other steamrollers in the northwest, which will also have two people qualify. Those sixteen qualifiers will have a regional qualifier, and the top four of them will qualify into the national event. So there's a thirty-two man national event, which I believe is in uh, August, September. It moved recently, so I'm not one hundred percent sure on the date. But the, everything will lead up to this finals, um, which we now have. Uh, we believe it's going to be an element games. Uh, we're going to get it streamed, we're going to do commentary, get it, you know, as many tables shown as possible, and try and get this like event. And the idea here is that literally you know, anyone in England can, can get to one of these events. You know, we've got the we've got all England, all Wales, Scotland, Ireland covered. You know, you should hopefully be able to get to an event and then get to the finals if you get yeah. there. Sorry, I'm I've... just taking a look Go. at your uh, at the list of qualifiers here. There's is it 42? Qualifiers at uh, 32 qualifiers. In the oh, okay. End. It, it, um, some of them, um, I was going to say, some of them are slightly different. It just depends on the area. So some areas have just got straight tournaments that lead to a one space in the national final. So for example, the Winter Cup, um, which was won by uh, Ryan, uh, that was just ooh. just in the final. Others are ones which go to a regional final and then people qualify from the regional final to the national final. So it's just understanding. It, it was just because we kind of jumped on some areas that already had events and super series sort of set up in their area. So, so like Bristol, Bristol with John's stuff in Bristol, take it that's then feeding in from his little. It is indeed. So, kind of, yeah. yeah, and then some people are setting up brand new stuff to get it in. Um, we've still got, you know, there's a couple of things. It won't be perfect this year, but we're hoping that this, if this year goes well, next year people will be aware of it's coming. We'll be able to actually set up more specific stuff, um, and it will kind of help run itself a bit more. So to be um, direct and personal about my, um, is there anything further southwest than Bristol, or is Bristol as far as it goes? Uh, let's have a look. How's your, how's your geography? Cornish invasion. Geography is awful. Southwest. That's like Cornwall, isn't it? Well, I'm not yeah. quite in Cornwall, but yes. Yeah, the, the, the one for the southwest. Cornish invasion. Yeah, you've got um, the Steamroller series at big. Yeah. Uh, and then Cornish invasion. Okay. Um, Who's running that? Somebody I don't know. Probably. I'm not sure. I uh, believe Ryan's. Uh, I, I, I will say, if you want to see a full uh, calendar for this, it is uh, at the, I think the URL you said earlier, uh, yes. wmhukiss.co.uk. Uh, there's links at the top that go to the qualifiers, the qualified players, uh, yeah. and an FAQ. 
Yes, so that, there, is a, there is a site uh, on there. It's got about us. There's the regional coordinators. So if you don't know who your regional coordinator is, there is a link there. And for Southwest is Ryan, uh, Ryan Evans, current qualifier and, and last year's uh, national champ. So if you want to get in touch with him, he'll have more details because obviously things are still being worked out. Um, and then there's for each area, there's a representative who's uh, there to help get everything, uh, get everything sorted. A little bit faster with that, excellent. I will say it's very nice to see something like this because I know there was uh, back in the day when uh, John and myself uh, were running uh, Steamroller Series, me running the Midlands and him running uh, London. Um, there were plans for something like this. I was talk um, of it, wasn't there? There's lots of sort of, yeah. yeah. I think it, they all kind of really fell through when the original Northwest Steamroller Series kind of went ran for a year and then vanished. Um, and then I had to move out the Midlands and John stopped running steamrollers and yeah, so it's 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 good to see that something like this is kind of back on the table and really starting to take off again. Yeah, what what you needed was just that right level of idiocy and ignorance just to drive it on through. You see, <laughs> so people were like, "We can't do it," and it's like, "Great, when is it? Let us know the date." And they're like, "We're not going to be able to do it." And it's like, "Brilliant, so sixteen man, cool. Let us know the dates, and then we come back and you know, we sort it." And, yeah, I mean, to be fair, the guys who are involved have been great. Um, you know, it is, we have kind of thrown it on their lap this year and, and sort of said, you know, can you sort this out for us? You know, try and get things sorted. So I have no doubts that there'll probably be someone somewhere that something happens and controversy because War Machine loves its controversy. Um, Please, no drama. None. <laughs> I don't want any more. I just want to say, I just want to say, I, I'm, I, I just want to say goodbye to the War Machine drama llama. Um, it was yeah. you. You were you were brilliant. Um, Change.org will be forever missed. Um, I, I'm I'm just gonna interject here for a second. I, I I know what you're referencing, and I know that a certain percentage of the audience will know what you're referencing. However, I did edit Benja at the last last episode for mentioning anything kind of too specific about this. So okay. if, you, if you're in the know, you'll know what he's talking about. If Wait, I got censored for what? You've got the last episode. Since you're talking, as usual. I bleeped out a good 10 seconds of you talking. What was I talking about? Because I can't even remember. I'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, but yes, if you okay. don't know what we're talking about, be very grateful because, quite frankly, storms, teacups, etc. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's. Um, Hopefully this year will go will go great. And um, we've had a lot of buy in from the various stores. So. We just we just need to try and get through. We think everything's sorted. We've got gentlemen. I, I, I will say, if, if nothing else, it's actually a great resource for people to just see where there are steamroller uh, events in their area. Yeah, is there as you're coordinating this? Has there been any new stores that have actually popped up in like the last year or so, or any new metas or places? Um, I mean, per personally, um, I only know the northwest. Um, because what we kind of did is um, let the people in their areas sort of, that's why we've got those sort of regional uh, coordinators because they know their areas, they know the people. But I know from, and part of the reason why we did this is because we saw how well it worked was that we played at the Wargame Store um, on the Wirral and there was probably like four to six of us originally. And now because we've got in contact with there's the War War Games. And then there's the Chorley guys, and then there's Element. And because we've kind of connected, we're now running 16 to 20-man steamrollers sort of every month, every other month. 
Um, and what's the take up of like new players to like in your area at least? Well, we've got. I think uh, I'm trying to think because it's one of those things you just think those people have been there forever. But I actually think there's probably about six to eight of our people that have been there in the past year. And there's new people in the other stores, but we've just not not seen them. So it has done a lot for reinvigorating um, people to play. It's also brought people that used to play back because they, when they see that these events are actually running and that people are enjoying themselves, they kind of go, "Oh, well, I can go and join in that." There are there are people there. Yeah, when I when scene always really helps a game. I find. I agree. Does when when I spoke to Ian else about uh, nationals, he did say that the number of sort of newer players that were being registered was a lot higher. There's mm. oh people that had not been seen before at local events, but I was just wondering if they were. Oh, sorry, a national event even, and whether oh. that was definitely definitely. Up. And the good thing is as well is I kind of think. I mean, the game itself, obviously, you know, you've got... I'm, I'm quite vocal, and I'll, I'll probably be bleeped out by Mike here anyway. But um, I personally um, think that the game's in a great place. The game is in a really wonderful place. There are, the, you know, the tops and the bottoms, but really most of it is pretty balanced. You know, there are a couple of things that... Why would I bleep you out for that? Because of the next thing that's going to come in. <laughs> so the, oh, game's, <laughs> the game's in a good place, right? And I think that... Because i played it since, what, Mark 1? And I've been through like most of it, and I've been, you know, I've been to the international tournaments, I've done the nationals every year since, you know, Mark One and stuff like that. So I've seen the game progress, and I think it's in its best place ever. What it does suffer from is old man yard syndrome, right? Which is people. That's not how it used to be. Yeah, right. So, which is people who don't play, but won't. Can we swear? Yeah. Yeah. They don't play. Yeah, they don't play. They won't have. They don't have an interest in playing, but they won't fuck off. Basically, is I have no problem with people play and want to be active and want to be involved and want to share their opinion. But there's so many people that we still have that have no interest in playing, and I'm pretty sure they still only stay in groups and make comments and stuff because that's their hobby now is to make disparaging remarks. I've seen and- that. I, I've seen that too. But I can also see from the other side that they cared cared so much about the game that they still want to be kind of relevant in the kind of discussion because it's not what they enjoy anymore for x reason for whatever it is i'm 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 not saying i'm not one of those people i i don't i disagree with you but not to the extent that some some may think in the podcast because i actually do like the game i like the universe and I'm not going to slag all that jazz off. Yeah. Uh, I have my own particular different gripes, and mainly that's oh, yeah. about support of from the from the mothership, as it were. Yeah. Uh, it seemed to have taken two steps forward a few years ago, and then nine billion back. Yeah. So oh. different issues there. Hundred percent. But the reason why I, I absolutely agree with you, Ben, is that you're taking gripes on the way the company is running really now, but you've actually involved now. Like mm. what I mean is, these are people that I've not seen in years, not seen at national events, and they don't do anything, but they're just there. And what we have to do, and this is kind of the thing we have to do. Do you mean you get? Do you mean the gripes sort of online? Online gripes, or yeah, basically online gripes. But what problem is is that we've got new people, all these new people coming into the game. Yeah. And where do they get we'll their resource to. from? Yeah. They go online, and they'll be like, "Oh, you know." Well, I've got this Nemo list, Kai. Can I? How can I do it? And the first thing they see when they come onto the, you know, the group for their Nemo list is this big, you know, thread storm of the teacup, you know, blah blah blah. 
And it's that kind of, you know, or someone says, oh, you know, blah, 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 has broken. And it's, and it just seems that like we've kind of developed this population that their hobby is to gripe as opposed to they're griping because this is their hobby. Yeah, I can I see that. Say, I will say that that is why this podcast, and laugh if you like, this podcast does try to remain at least fairly positive. I'd agree. About the game. Yeah. Because it, it's one of the long-standing things I've had with any hobby game, and it applies equally to War Machine. If you're not enjoying it, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. that For me, Habit. Habit. I'm that's totally down. Like, I'm, and as I said, Bench, I'm 100% behind you because people are passionate about something, and therefore they want to see it do well. Like, I would so be annoyed if, like, and I'm getting a bit annoyed about, as you say, like, um, is it like some of the 12 Christmas models still aren't out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, 100%. What the fuck? You know, that's what I mean. It's kind of like, sorry, you've said I could swear now, so it's all coming out. There's a side man here. Chris, it's like you've always been here. I'd, yeah. say, I'd say external factors as and pricing, external factors that have affected pricing, such as Brexit and all that jazz, have also yeah, probably, driven, probably driven me out of the game at the moment for, for, for price and because I'm, I am doing different stuff. The other thing as well with new people using the internet, that's great, and it can turn them off, but it doesn't also help to... Um, uh, you know, get their ideas going that their list that they're going to take of all these favorite models. Because this is one thing about the game as well, which we've discussed about sort of the casual thing that they're going to bring some models. If it doesn't work and doesn't synergize together, they're going to get shit on. You know, some models are going to be a lot more, and some factions are going to be a lot more. So those power levels they have to be aware of that. And I guess yeah. that's when old people come in as well and say, oh, this faction's broken and shit. I, I actually think, and that one of the most hated and reviled things, which is now slowly, funnily enough, if you listen to people who hate them, theme lists. Everyone hates theme lists. I love in. theme lists. I've always loved theme lists. Theme lists are the best new person tool in the world. Because oh, yeah, when true. they come in, you say, what do you like? And they go, I like Kador. You go, okay, what do you like in Kador? I go, those guys with the shields and the pikes are fucking awesome. And you go, you know what? This is your theme list. This is what you can take. Buy this list. Done. All right. What do you want to do, do you, now? Hang on. Don't you say, don't play that. They're all red and horrible and don't do that. <laughs> well, you know, I say do that because then I can smash her and it's all, it's all okay, good fun. All right. Well, I, I, I will say that the theme lists, the theme lists at the start of Mark III were perhaps not in the greatest of places when, when they got like three or four out. They, they were causing problems. Yeah. But as they've gone through and gone, okay, there is a problem with these. We need to address this. And they've come out with that large document of theme forces, uh, like, was it six months ago, seven months ago now? Um, they came out with that large document that said, okay, everyone is getting at least a couple of theme forces. They're all going to be, you know, a good boon to, to how much power you have. And they're all going to be different. That, at that point, theme forces became a very healthy part of the game because. You can walk into any faction, and as you said, you can give them to your newcomer and go, "Okay, this is a guide to building, you know, an army that will at least function together." And yeah. this start as a, a guide to kind of building this style of army in, in this army as well, isn't it? Within, yeah, it's a subset as well, which is quite nice. Yeah, and just to just to bring it out because I've no idea. I always love going off on tangents, which is why I know I'd be at home. <laughs> Here, it's just to bring it back round. Is that 
for those new people is that what we don't want them to do is they'll get in, they just pull together the, the models that they kind of like the look of, and then they get smashed by their mates or they go to this tournament and they've no idea what they're doing because everything doesn't work together. So hopefully that meant that, and especially we've seen this with some of the new guys, because they've got something, they know what's in it, they know what to learn, they're actually accelerating their growth because some of these guys have only been in our club for like a year and you genuinely have to consider them for the steamrollers. You have to think, what are they bringing? Because if I don't you know, keep my head uh, you know, an eye on them, they are going to smash me because instead of what happened when, you know, Buzzlot started playing back in Mark 1 and Mark 2 and stuff where, you know, you kind of go, what's in Kador? Hundreds of models. What could be there? Hundreds of stuff. Why am I playing? Different list every day, you know, and, and you're constantly learning different things and you never settle on anything. Whereas they go, what's in my list? This. Okay, I'll play this. I learn this and then I'll just swap out this unit, this unit. Okay, cool. And so they get, they come to the point of being really good really quickly. Oh, because they're limited, because they're buying stuff gradually, they're starting from scratch. Yeah, they get their list, they learn their list. I mean, and that's good because in this climate of finance, as we already discussed, they can't afford to fritter their money away on suboptimal shit at the beginning. I mean, the other side to it is when you say this, like, suboptimal shit, like, some of that suboptimal shit might actually be good in a different theme force, it's just they won't buy it until they want to buy that theme force. Mm. Instead of doing what they used to do, which was you go, okay, so I've got a pretty good army, but I really like the look of, I don't know, Assault Commandos or something like that, or, I don't know, Cossack Woodsman or something crazy. You know, you'll you'll go, oh, I just won't randomly buy them and stick them in my list because I bought them. You'll, you'll wait until you actually get a list for it, and then you'll there actually... There was a point where, when I was starting playing in uh, early Mark II, um, where Kador players would have looked at the collection of models I had and just screamed in despair because it was like, okay, what are you cast as well? I've got P. Sorcia and Karchev. And it went downhill from there. It's like, yes, I've got Minimum Winterguard and a Mortar and like... Exactly, uh, exactly. Whereas now, we're kind of, we're fast-tracking them to good good lists. There's still enough variants in theme lists. I mean, I love as well because I remember when um, Madrak came out and everyone was like, oh, Madrak's making trolls boring. You know, all we're going to see is champions. That's it. Madrak and champions. Like, I've yet to see a, a Madrak player that plays the same list as another Madrak player because some of them are convinced that Fenblades are the way to go. Some of them are convinced yeah. it's Tuffalo. Some of them with Mountain Kings or Glacier Kings or Maulers. You know, it's like, it's the same theme list. Yes, they've got their core of champions, but they are actually different. And therefore, you, you have to, you know, they work differently as well. You, know, you have to learn different ways of tackling them. So you took out Maddie three by any chance, then, aren't you, with the shields and everything else and the armor? No, no, uh, one. Oh, one. We made one. Oh, we made one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So because I was like, I played against our local player, and I was like, brilliant. I know how to beat this. And then we went to Blood and Oil and played against one of our, our Northwest lads, uh, uh, Tom Wiggins, and he he had a Glacier King in his, and um, and he he was like, oh, you know, I can just like trample this forward and and then use um, Jackhammer to kill you. I was like, no, 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 I didn't. And uh, that's pretty good with the Glacier King, isn't it? Because he's, uh, he's, he's f- faster. That's, that's really bad. No, Jackhammer but... is a wonderful spell for making people just... It, it bakes people's minds. Because I, I've had things like, okay, um, I'm in a bit of an awkward spot this turn, so what I'm going to do, I'll, I'll put some focus on this Jack, have some focus on McBain. Uh, yeah, so McBain's going to start his turn by jackhammering this thing you've put in to jam, to jam him, charge that thing over there, he's going to hit that with his initial, then that Jack's going to run as like, oh God, what's going on? It just drives people up the wall because you, 
you can attack from weird angles and exactly exactly and that's this what i mean like the main complaint you get from people with theme lists and they go oh all the lists are all the same don't know why you bother everyone plays the same thing it's like you play the theme same theme list but at that point i mean i think the closest we probably had to that has been ghost fleet i think ghost fleet was the first one yeah i think maybe fiana was a little most of them were the same the flying circus. The flying yeah. circus. But even then, you saw some of them were like, "Oh no, no, you have you have three angels or two angels or one angels and more nerafs and all this kind of stuff." You know, so that's what I mean. Like everyone's like, "Ah, oh, themeless, ruin, ruin this diversity." It's like, I think, I, I think they were playing. just, I think they were hungover from Mark Two, where there were some that were more equal than others. Well, they were very specific. They were very specific in Mark Two, weren't they? Near the end, theme two, theme four is near the end. You were just like. Okay, so here's the optimal build. Now I've got five points to spend at the end. Yeah, <laughs> there, was a, there was also a miscommunication as well because I remember at Smogcon, uh, one of uh, actually, I think it was the last one where they were talking in the development rooms and they said that they made a mistake with Themeless and they didn't think that they would be making a resurgence. A lot of people in that room were quite the kind of audience that were happy about that kind of thing. Um, so I don't know whether there was some miscommunication there. And then there was the whole U-turn that, that that was the best way to play the game. And some people were quite confused by that. And they felt mm -hmm. that they were being robbed of list-building options um, by... It, it, I can understand some of it, but then I can understand that there are different ways to build those lists, and they are very good I, for beginners. I think saying the, the being robbed of list-building options, again, that was the problem with early Mark Three, mm -hmm. in that it came in with that, like, maybe one per army it's like this is the way to play and then all of a sudden once you get two three four theme forces it's like okay now i've got a choice i mean yeah. the biggest change for for me playing mercs they put irregulars on the table that that was incredible because i've got i've got two lists in irregulars um i think they share a, about four models and one unit between them oh yeah. sorry and and one jack there's a mangler in both lists. Exactly, and that, yeah, and that's what I mean. I think that I think the fact is the only thing which I believe that they are probably looking at at the moment is characters, character jacks. And I think I do actually love now that character jacks have kind of become like the, you know like the old bitch one where mm. scrap jack was her jack and that was her thing yeah. and they balanced her around it. So now yeah. characters have their jack. Other people can take it in specific themes, but now uh, what's his name? So you, you had. I can never remember the Menoth Jack's names. So it was the Menoth Jack that came out and gave everything blessed. And everyone, literally, the internet lost their minds, as they normally do, but they lost their minds. Oh, how can everything be blessed and everything? And then, but everyone's at the same time as his owner is Malachus, the Battlebox guy. Yeah. Well, this, this was the huge thing at the end of uh, Mark II. You'd see, and admittedly, we were in a very different place with Jacks yeah. back then because of how Jacks worked. But you would see almost exclusively, Character jacks and um, about fifty percent character beasts on the table, yeah. and you know you wouldn't see a juggernaut. You wouldn't see um, oh, a crusader. These things just wouldn't have hit the table at all. Whereas now, you look at people and they just go, "Well, I could take the character, but that would mean playing out a theme and losing who thirty points." Yeah, I'll take the basic jack instead. Yeah. Oh, actually, well, no, maybe I'll have two of them. Yeah, well, you had, yeah, you could only afford one jack in a list that was or two at a push that was a premium, basically. And it did 
X thing in the list, and and that was it. Like so, you, you, yeah. it, it, it's completely different now. The whole pricing sh- structure of Jacks and the viability of power up. Um, well, again, going back to my McBain list, that used to play with one Warjack, and that plays with four. Yeah, but I mean that, that's what I'm saying. So now it's the other way now, where they what they've done now is they've said, right, we can make these characters as batshit insane as we want because we know that they are limited to the casters that are available, and we can balance it around that. And then what I think they're going to do is what they've kind of started doing is have you noticed they've started like erratering certain theme lists and going, oh, you can now have this character with any caster in there. I think it was like one of the Legion ones could just take. Um, Zuriel or something like that. They added Zuriel and someone else into it just to take it. But what it meant was they actually had some time to kind of go, hang on, in this theme list with the playtesting of everyone playing it, is it all right for us to add Zuriel to just everyone? Yeah, it is. Cool, we'll do it. Brilliant. You know, adding Behemoth, that kind of thing. Instead of, as you say, what it became was no one takes any normal jacks because all the character jacks have the cool rules. And then... Plus one mat. Um, yeah, Yeah. 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 But bringing it back in... Because I, I don't. So what? What that's meant? Just going back to the Steam Brothers. That what that's meant is the other side. Oh, to it. Like Twenty minutes ago, what goes? I know, I know. I've, I've got. I've got. I've, I've been. I've been. You know, pay, paid. To, I'm not really being paid as anything to promote it. Um, that is the other thing, by the way. If anyone wants to yell at me or Rich for for anything going wrong with the Steam Brother, we are doing this out of our own thing. We're not taking anybody for it. So please be nice to us. I was um, just saying, do you want to give people like, your Twitter name so they can share that you you're even closer to your face? Well, I mean, the Twitter is WMHUKISS. We've, we've tried to make it as simple as possible. So literally everything, Facebook, website, Twitter, it's all the same thing. So if you want to get on there and, and yell at us as well, feel free. Um, you know, I'll just, I'll just, it's it's me, by the way, who does the Twitter. So you'll just be yelling at me anyway. Um, but yeah, so what this was the other thing, right? So just going back to the original origins of it as well was we. Um, I always have a story, and I've mentioned this story on the po- on the actual podcast itself. Um, I play, you know, Michael Dick, very good player, Michael Dick. Currently playing minions, smashing people. Um, he's a bit of a chump, you see, because I have a hundred percent record against him. Right, he has never ever beat me. Right. Okay, and the importance of this story is, and I like to bring it up, I'm, I'm certain he's going to hunt me down and kill me, <laughs> but the importance of this story is, when Mike started, he started the Nationals, and as I mentioned, I played Nationals way back when in Mark 1. He played against me, I had no idea who he was, I had no idea what, what I was doing anyway, but I beat him, alright? I don't even remember the game, but he remembers, um, and he told me it later on. And um, But the thing is, whereas I stayed a chump, I'm like a mid-table chump, you know, he actually got better. And so what happens is he plays his tournaments and he plays well, and then he shoots past me and then we never play. And so in the, was it seven years since or something like that, we've never actually played again. <laughs> so I have, a, you know, a one zero record against Mike the Chunk. <laughs> was, this, was this relating to your hiding in the top tables comment? Is that what that's related Exactly. To? Yes, that's exactly it. Hiding and that's from the point. you in the top tables. He hides from me in the top tables. He needs to lose a game and get down to my level. That's all I'm saying. Um, so what, what we wanted to do was, is we kind of found that, like, one of the things that Rich mentioned is when he joined the WTC England team is he got to play against all these different people. He's regularly playing against people like Pat and stuff like that. And he said that his game got like infinitely better very quickly because of the people he's playing well, against. You know, you always go against that's, people. You... That's Sun Tzu, isn't it? For a start, you, you, know, you only get better by playing against better opponents. It's, yeah, exactly. it's very old school. 
Exactly. But the problem with that is unless you just happen to be good already or you're quite lucky in the first few rounds of the Nationals or you're quite unlucky in the first few rounds of these big events or you happen to be local to them anyway, you're not going to play these people. Yeah, you have to have won those like first three games to then start being playing against the people that will win their first three games regularly. So the chance of you playing them is obviously rapidly decreased and the bigger events means there's less people. You're more likely to play against me who's just been on a lucky streak for the first three games and all this kind of stuff. Um, so what we want to do is try and promote that kind of cross-referencing, you know, get people to come from one area to another. And the idea there was these qualifying spots. So these qualifying spots, yes, we obviously want it to be regional and we want people to get into their own regions but if someone originally uh, when we were feeding back someone said can people go to other regions and we said damn straight and they went well what if pat dunford comes up north i said well one unlucky you're only fighting over one of the uh, qualifying spots now but the best thing is that you know the people that probably would never get a game into pat because at the time they don't get a chance to play against him now there's only 16 of them you know, yeah. Pat's going to play four games. I'm just using Pat as an example. It could, you know, anyone of a, a good standard level. So he's going to play against four people that day. So that means only actually, you know, 10. You're one in 10 chance of not doing well. And if you do quite well in your area, there's actually a good chance you'll play against Pat because as long as you keep winning, you'll probably meet up. And then that means that you're getting to play someone who plays on the international stage. Yes, he might bend you over and, you know, make you talk uh, through the anus. But, you know... Is that You're going to during the game, or is that a different reference? Sorry, it's, it's it's you know whatever I suppose whatever, whatever tickles your pickle. Um, Good, but but that's the idea. Is that is he still playing Grimkin at the moment? I believe so. Yes, I think oh. he he made some Europeans cry recently as well. Wow. So uh, I think he's back from back from Europe. Um, but I mean, just I mean, Pat. What I mean is just in general. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get to play against people who are you know, or even better, you get to play against people. They might not be you know Pat's level. But they don't play uh, like Signar. We have very little in the way of Signar on our area. And the people that play in our area, they like Nemo, but they weren't really massive fans of like Haley 3. You know, we didn't, we saw it occasionally, but we didn't see it a lot. Whereas if someone who's like the Haley 3 person from Scotland drops down, you know, yeah, you might smash everybody, but now you actually get to see, you know, these armies and you get to see them. It might be Haley 3 with clouds or it might be Haley 3 heavy metal or it might be Haley 3 some, you know, grave diggers. But you're getting to get all these experience that you wouldn't normally get against you and you make sleep. Exposure to these things is the greatest way to actually learn all the tricks they have. I mean, yes. being being a Merc player, the amount of people who sit there opposite my McBain army and go, what what does any of this do? I'm like, okay. Right, I'll, I'll I'll take you through first of all, and I I do have to make the point of okay, I'm going to cast countermeasure on these Kayazi now. Do you know what countermeasure does? Do you, you know, know how like stuff it. works? Yeah, and I'm I'll buy having, you a beer afterwards. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, having played into uh, I've played to scorn ranged armies almost exclusively with this McBain list, and I explain to them what countermeasure does. I explain to them what the Kayazi do, and I run them up into the middle of all these venators. And then they try and shoot, and I go, okay, if you want to just move stuff first, because you can't within five inches, and just, it takes a while. Exactly, think, but then they will, one of them might pick up something, like their local Merc player might pick something up off you, and then they'll start playing it, and then, like we talked about the internet before, you know, everyone's like, oh no, you don't want to play that, you want to play this list. And it's like, well, that list would be completely useless in my local Steamroller, because in my local Steamroller, 
the guy likes playing a certain thing, which never gets played nationally, but just happens to be really good against the thing that you think beats everyone. The, the, the great story from the forums back in the day was um, essentially there'd the, the, the been a meta going on. There was a guy there who was sort of a, a, a bit of a top dog, um, went to a tournament at another venue, um, and the guy, the, the guy who's playing against goes, okay, fair enough, so you've had your turn one. Uh, I'm just going to run to engage this stuff. And the guy who's come for the other meta goes, oh, I didn't expect you to do that because people don't really run in my meta. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. So what you don't realize is there's all these different play styles and little quirks of the way people are doing things that don't translate unless you play each other. Yeah. I think well, there's always been the case, though, isn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'm nowhere near the player. I mean, I was never, like, never top tier ever, but I could hold my own reasonably well at one point. But that, again, that came from playing lots of games all over the place, yeah. going half of the country, going up to like Chorley. Playing in the Midlands quite a lot. Playing, play, I mean, Mike and I, I think met in Oxford the first time, wasn't it? I think I can't remember. Uh, it was Ross and Y. It was Ross, wasn't it? Yeah. So Ross yeah. and Y. That's another example. So for me, that's quite a long way up. Um, and I used to do that a lot. I used to go somewhere. Uh, what well, certainly monthly, I'd go somewhere and play a game because that's how you get better. You meet different people, as you say, Chris. Get exposed to different different people's methods, different people's ideas. Um, and that's that is how you get better. It's the time and effort and energy and money to do it. That's the tricky bit these days. When, when I was in the Midlands, and I know the, the Midlands guys actually travel further than this now, uh, but when I was in the Midlands, the, the, the ranging area was from like Stockport in the north mm. to like past Oxford in the south. And then Cardiff the other way. It, pretty much. And and, and now, the, the Warsaw guys, you can set up a steamroller pretty much anywhere south of Newcastle and they will turn up. Yeah, and I mean, this is like you were saying with the money. Like the other thing is, you the, the people you will meet. Like we, I mean, we know each other, and I know a lot of people who I just never would be outside of War Machine. But I'll tend to only see them at like national events, like Marsh yeah. and, and things like that, because there's money involved. You got to get hotels. You know, there's it's the, like the seven game, six seven game affair. You got to get hotels. You got to pay for it. It's usually for that kind of thing, like maybe thirty quid more. Like Smog Con, which is you know what Bone Con or whatever it's called now. It might be more expensive, whereas these steamrollers normally, I've seen the, the average ticket price obviously depends on the area, is probably about £10. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a one day thing, less driving, no hotel. It, yeah, absolutely. yeah, you don't need a hotel, so literally, it's costing you £10 and you get to come see people. You might actually meet people, you know, connect on things like Facebook and then have someone just to chat to about the game, about what's going on, and then you've actually got someone who. Instead of random Swedish bloke who thinks that Nemo 2 should be defeating Ghost Fleet, um, you know, you've actually got you know Dave from that local mayor who smashed you and actually showed you how to play something and, and will help you develop as a player as well. So. Yeah. I, I, I will say, if, we, if we're talking about yeah, the, the price of events, um, the one the, there is one I'm planning to go to in Cardiff, uh, which is a mere £7.50. Wow. For a day's worth of gaming. Um, there are currently 22 tickets left. Uh, that's on the 27th of January. So I'd, I'd really like to go to that, but I have commitments that weekend. This is the other other side to it. Is, um, yeah, See, fixed commitments. By, by using the um, War Machine UK uh, Super Series. You do it, Chris. And... War Machine and Hard UK and Ireland Super Series. There we go. Even you messed it up. Um, you, you can actually go on, onto their events page and see that there are other events in Wales um, throughout sort of the the first half of 2018. Cool. 
I've got yeah. it up, but I've never scrolled down it. I'm busy gluing uh, it together. Apart from February, they've got one every single month. Yep. Wow. So, and, and as well as that, um, all of the dates aren't up there yet. Uh, Bristol Independent Gaming, they're uh, holding three or four. Yeah, so. you need to, if, if you want to know when they are, if you see the regional coordinators, give them a kick and tell them to send us the details. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the, the ones for um, big are still TBC because they're sorting out the dates for the venue itself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that—that that is the thing—is that if and also, I mean, we don't obviously get in touch with uh, me and Rich about anything you need, um, but we will—we defer to them at the moment because, yeah. as you said, you know, we we won't be talking to venues; they'll be doing the venues and things like that. So we just wait for them to give us the details and spread the love. So yeah, there's something coming up for Cornwall as well, are there? Yeah, uh, there is something called the Cornish Invasion, which has Not a foot. Uh, it's, it's TBC, but it is called the Cornish Invasion, so I would imagine there is something there. Okay. Can't see it. I'll find it a bit. Yeah, cool. You'll be able to find it somewhere. Yeah, what case right? Or, okay, or, or, or if not, then I'm I'm sure Chris knows someone who you can talk to. Ryan Evans is your man. Yeah, I know Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Just, just throw something at Ryan, or give him popcorn. Harsh. No, no. Like we had him because he obviously he's the first qualifier. We we had to get him pushed to talk because he wanted to eat popcorn while we were on the podcast. It was like Ryan, I'm gonna need you to do push to talk. <laughs> Oh, because he was chomping away. Yeah. We have a lot of that problem yeah. here. People sort of like filing away halfway through or Alex dropping boxes of paints or... Or yeah. turning into a transformer. Yeah. I'm, do- I'm being Alex for this episode. Generally, I'm the one that's uh, chopping things, attacking plastic and generally making more noise than anybody else. Oh, but apparently just looking at the YouTube live chat, because of course this podcast now has YouTube live chat. Um, we have uh, Byron Lyles on there who's... Uh, Talk about how he's running. I, I, I'm going to believe that's the Cardiff one. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, we, we have a direct line to that. He's running so, it. Byron's running the Cardiff one. Cool. Well, it's a firestorm. It's going to have someone unreputable running it. I mean, you know, one would hope it's going to be him or Terry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Harsh. So, yeah, I mean, they're, we're all uh, we're all kind of clubbed together. So, hopefully, the idea is this year is a bit of hodgepodge, but hopefully, and this is something we've discussed with. Um, you know, being that Rich is a WTC uh, committee member this year as well, is that possibly going forward, um, we can't see why people wouldn't want the person who manages to get all the way through to the finals to be someone that would represent the relevant country um, in the WTC. So we think that might be a might be something to incentivize. Now, obviously, that's going to be for future years, but we think actually, you know, if you ended up with the top, you know, top Irishman, top Welshman. Uh, top Scotland and top England, then you know if you've if you've gone through this your rigor of all these people, you not only do you get to sort of say you know I came first at you know the Super Series, but you get to go and smash you know Europeans and Americans uh, for uh, for your country. So I mean it's all there. It's all it's they're all planned. There's all these things. I have to be I have to be tempered. So I probably said too much and promised things that might not ever come to expression. Excellent. But, um, you heard it here first. There's been things promised that yes, <laughs> that may not happen. Yeah, Rich Rich does does have to kind of bring me in sometimes. I'm like, but we could do this and then we could do this, and he's like, no, we need to think it through and make it realistic. It's like. But, but everyone can wear llama hats and then it would be amazing. But, having yeah. done the event organisation thing, having a realistic idea of what you can achieve is always a, a, a good place to start from. Yes, yes, indeed. So, but yeah, so that anyway, I think, I think I've think i yammered off, uh, on about it enough there. Any any questions from guys or are, are you are you 
scouting out one of the regionals you're going to head to? I was just now. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I definitely get myself to Bristol because I um, did get up to at least one of those last year. So I think I'm. Get myself to Bristol. I might even go. I haven't played in fire. I haven't played in the new Firestorm at all yet. I've been there, but I haven't actually played a game in there. So I should really sort that out. I'm, I'm, See, I'm, what you could do, Kurt, is you could come to one of these events yeah. in the southwest and compete with me for the wooden spoon. Yay! Yeah, because apparently now I can't play anything other than McBain. Okay. There's nothing so, wrong yeah, with that. You were doing better at this when we last uh, went to the same room together. You were doing better. <laughs> I'm still fairly rubbish. Well, this is the thing. I, I, I changed my steamroller list. I put Fiona in there. It's a brilliant. It, it's it's a fun list I'm, that I I've love. Always liked her. Table, and I am absolutely terrible with it. Um, I keep clocking out because it's just so many mods. But you, I love the list. All, the, all this, all this is making Richard Dean rub his hands because he wants me to go and play War Machine anyway. So I'm sure he's listening, <laughs> and he wants me to go and play and practice War Machine anyway. So he has just asked me um, a question about. I'm presuming it's my jacks from a McBain list. Uh, no, it's not Talons. It's a Vanguard, a Mangler, a Nomad, and a Rover. So that, that's my super secret tech from my McBain list. And if you want to cat wrong on Snapdraw as well. Good. Yeah, because sadly I've had to lose the Bakur from that list. I did actually get my trolls out earlier because I couldn't find my tape measure. I realised it probably was in my troll case. <laughs> well, I've been uh, I've, I've been very sneaky. I was mentioning, I think, before we started that um, I've, I've been playing Grimkin. But I've literally just about half an hour before we, we came on finished making the convergence list. So I'm gonna t- I've changed it on the on the tie break. It has been officially changed from Grimkin to convergence. But I'm wondering if any of my opponents will notice if they if they've been that serious about it. They're checking what's going um, and seeing if they're gonna suddenly panic and have to switch. So yeah, should be good fun. <laughs> Oh, do, do people do that much research do they do they really do that much research i don't know i think some people some people like i mean you've seen it recently haven't you like everyone likes to see faction breakdowns and what's there and stuff like that so. afterwards after i would say definitely after tournaments but beforehand trying to see who, what the practice I, I know some of our locals have actually been looking at what's on there but the main reason for that is that they know what everyone locally plays but we've actually got a bunch of people that aren't local or that are kind of more regional right to get an idea of what they're going to face Exactly, yeah. So if right. you've not seen them before, you go, right, well, last time I saw you, you were playing Gators, and now it looks like you're playing Cricks, or whatever it is. So, yeah. So that cool. one random tournament I turned up to is Signal. Exactly. And now you've got qualifying spots, so people want to get that edge. You've got to get that edge. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. only way I could get an edge on people is by literally flipping the table and destroying their army in the process. <laughs> That's the only way I could do it. I have experienced that. We've talked about it before. <laughs> I actually explained that to my eldest fairly recently because I, I, I can't remember how the conversation came up, but I explained the entire alcohol-fueled late-night war machine. You had to explain the literal concept of a table flip. Yes, and, uh, and I had experienced it. Yeah, and that she was related to the person who did it. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's good fun. It's what all machines about hitting each other across the table when you're drunk and then uh, table flip. Yeah, so long time ago. It's a long time ago. So I'm, I'm just being quizzed by um, Richard Dean uh, uh, over um, Twitter here. Um, he's asking about the, the range of Merc Jacks that actually appears, asking if I've ever seen the uh, the freebooter or the town on the table. Um, to just go on, off, off on a complete tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're done on the main topic now, anyway, yeah, so like, it's crazy. Um, we but, really have a main topic, to be honest, Chris. It's good to have one. Both <laughs> both Talon and Freebooter spam. 
have been seen. Uh, Freebooter spam happens with uh, Shay because you get the real shenanigans of what is it? Feet. Um, is it Kudaman or something? Kudaman. Spell that adds um, speed. Yes. Um, you've got jury rigged on the freebooter, and you can really get a lot of metal moving because those are fairly cheap jacks for what they are. Okay, they're made out of like you know spit string and sellotape, but. Um, yeah, you can really get those things motoring down the table. Um, I've definitely seen a freebooter spam list being played at nationals, certainly last year. Um, and that was even before the whole thing of, um, irregulars where you can now go, I'm having a list of jacks in Mercs and now three points. Yeah. <laughs> Just Wasn't there, a, there was a cheap freebooters list. And it was a theme list of how you built it years ago, wasn't there? You could, they got, they, you could make them very, very cheap. Do you remember? There, there was one when Mad Dogs came in, all the mercenary players got really excited and thought they could do the same thing with freebooters. I remember that. It, it, I mean, it, it was, you know, it was there. You, you should do some things with a freebooter. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, they, 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 they're cheap, but they are Def 12, Armor 17. And a couple of solid hits, and they are down. Oh, really? Um, and they're only, was it PNS 16 on the weapons or something? But yeah, they, oh, no, it's lower than that, I think. I think it's just don't they get um, additional dice against knockdown targets? But how many, right? points, yeah. are, but how many points are they? Let's see, now this is where you're going to force me to get out War Room, and, and quite no, frankly. No, did you say that? See, the, the, this, 14, this, 13, 12, loads. It that. always makes for good radio, and I have to make sure I hit the right War Room, because otherwise, War Room can you, launches. Can you simulate the, paper, the pages turning? Did you did you see that the old war room actually got an update a while ago? No, I didn't see that. I haven't got rid of it. I've still got it, but no. Yeah, I've, I've, I've no idea why, but my uh, my devices were updating. It's nine points of freebooter, um, okay. yeah, and wow. it's power fourteen, but it has trash, which is the rule yeah. I was thinking about. Additional die on damage rolls against knockdown targets. Yeah, uh, so nine points is you know, fairly cheap for a heavy. I think so. Let's face it. Um, also, chain attack, grab and smash. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So if you can hit at Mat 6 twice... One thing I actually thought it was really good for, which I never saw it for, and I don't know what the, the, the issue was, not being a Mercs player, was that it has Lash. Yep. The, so, because the Buccaneer does, doesn't it? Yeah. Does the Buccaneer have Lash? Not Buccaneer. What's the shooty thing that's the same chassis? Mariner, sorry. Oh, does that have Lash as well? Yeah, it yep. always did, I think. Yeah. Ah, right. So, okay. That makes more sense. I was there going... I'm pretty sure you can get around the blast damage, you know, because they'll shoot the jack instead of you, but all you need is a couple of focus to stop the blast damage really hurting you. And then you're immune to so many silly things. And even if you, like, you know, as long as there's one box on the jack and it's knocked down stationary frozen, it doesn't matter, you're still... Fine. The mariner, uh, uh, one jack being a mariner actually stopped my caster being assassinated the other day because they, uh, they slammed... A mariner back through my caster. Which means like, you can't be knocked down. <laughs> at the point where you're slamming it through, it's got lash, so neither of us is knocked down. It's just that moment of, oh. oh that, that, that works with, um, What's his name? Uh, Harkovic. He has the, it's not lash, but it's any of his jacks make him immune to knock down. So therefore, you can never knock him down with his own jack. Class. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Love it. But uh, yeah. Um, free, free boot of spam. While not seen all over the place, because it does require an awful lot of metal freebooters, and I'm just going to point that one out. Is it, is it no resin? Did they never bring a plastic one out? No, no, no. Um, 
No, oh, the, the, mar- the Mariner is insane because you think, okay, I've got a jack with a gun. You don't realize that entire cannon is pretty much a separate piece and just hangs off the end of the arm. I've got and one. Huge. I've got one. It, it's ridiculous. At least nice with jack. the freedom, it's just got some clamp. That's a nice jack. I do like the Mariner. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, it, Changing it to be have to only have to be one inch away yeah. from another model when it fires is a huge change because it means you don't have to do that dance of okay this model has to be here but that has to be within five inches of that so I can walk forward and now you can just go yeah I'll put that about there it's fine and it just makes it so much nicer to you um, for which for a range fifteen power fourteen gun in Mercs pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, you know, <laughs> could be better. Could be range fifteen. And, and now Rich Dean's just gone off talking about marshalling jacks in irregulars, and I just uh, jack marshals in Mark Three are, are, are a weird thing. I, I, I'm I'm going to just I'm going to appeal to PP at this point. Um, take the jack marshal section of the rule book, <laughs> rip it up, <laughs> burn what's left. And then just make it so that Jack Marshalls give one fuck. No, no, right, okay. Right. I always thought Jack Marshalls, even in the fluff, they talk about how they can coax the Jacks to do more, right? And it doesn't mean that it's their Jacks. It just says about how they they get to know the Jacks and they can coax them. So I didn't understand why. They've already got precedence in it in things like Arcanists. So maybe not Arcane Power or stuff like that. But all they need to do is have Jack Marshall be an ability, which is if they in their command, use their action to do a Jack Marshall ability that is plus one movement, plus one power, uh, you know, or, 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 or something, you know, maybe not as powerful as the Jack Marshall ability is because you're going to have it on a Jack, which is in a battle group, but it's it's that kind of thing which is just like a little extra, and then some Jack Marshalls have power up as their thing anyway, which they could do separately, but it's... Special action, Arcan- yeah. Arcanist can give one focus, but he also can do plus two power, so that's kind of like the Jack Marshall, isn't it? So. Yeah, they, they just have to simplify it. Uh, yeah, it's what they've. I, I I can appreciate what they've tried to do in that they've tried to make Jack Marshalls a little bit more flexible than they were because the the old thing was it's sort of a focus but not quite. Um, but what they've done is they come up with a set of rules that basically very few people actually bother to learn because Jack Marshalls. Just don't cut it. I just, I I just want to say, though, in the list of things rules, they don't cut it. In the list of things to be ripped up and thrown away, the lance rule is front and center. <laughs> Seriously, why? If they just made that, the lance rule is they have reach, they're set pow, and then the lance rule is like powerful attack. It's just plus four pow on the char- if this model charges. Done. Simple. There's none of these stupid interactions of, oh, I charged this bottle, but he died with my first attack, and now I need to reallocate my charge, but I'm not charging, so I don't have a melee range. Well, or if you're going to have something like that, give them a one-inch melee, and um, but give them the equivalent of, what is it, lunge that Ashton's got. Like, yeah. during their activation, they have a two-inch melee. It's, there are literally a million ways of writing that rule, but yeah. if you want to play testers... I've still yet to see someone who plays Desters correctly. Now, I don't know how you play Desters correctly, but any time I've seen someone playing them, one one part of the interaction has been wrong because there's so many rules that just don't work together. It's ridiculous. It's like, just, just, 
get rid of the lance rule. I don't, even the things called lances don't have the lance rule. Oh, you can yeah. get rid of it. I'm not too bad with the lance rule because I I played a game where I did everything wrong, and then I and then I had <laughs> just a, one just one game, just one game where I did everything wrong possible. Then seventy percent, then fifty percent, then about oh, good, excellent, about improving five percent, and then I stopped playing. So uh, I'll never get there. At least, at least with the lance rule, most cavalry during charges got to keep their two inch melee range rather than steelheads that just went down to one inch anyway. Well, yeah. Well, trolls, and then they got it back again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, then, and then steelheads also lost an attack. True, but the be- to be fair, I think they should get rid of the lance roll on everywhere, but on the naysayers. <laughs> for some reason, it's just hilarious on the naysayers. I love, I love the fact that they can make a melee attack with their mount. I just imagine this gremlin just like smacking someone on the head with a severed head of a horse. It's, it's a beautiful. Yeah, answer. running into those things is like, oh, oh, that's how much damage they do. Right, I'll just take that jack away now. <laughs> Oh. oh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Although it does, I, I, do you know much about the background about the Grim Kit? Um, I, I know what was there in that presentation at um, SmogCon. You know what gremlin swarms are and what gremlins are. Yeah, no. roughly. Yeah, they're babies. They're deformed baby souls. Wow. They're babies that have died, and when their soul goes into hell, which is like basically Urcane. They've become these gremlins, okay. and that's what they are, which is that's why they're all disturbing. Yeah. yeah, and that's why in one of the models, Lady Carriana Rose, she's like all of her kids died, and so she sees gremlins as her kids, and that's why they're like all over her. And then when when she dies, the whole Grimkin army goes mental because they're like, "It killed our mum!" and just goes nuts. Wow. Yeah, but I just love the way everyone's like, "Oh, gremlins! They're so fun!" It's like, yes, those baby souls. Horrible things. No, gremlin swarms are not fun. I've not had to face them in Mark Three yet. I've just seen what they've done to other players. I have. I have seen. I think at one game I played, there were two or three, two of them on the board, and I didn't know what they did. Luckily, I was being marginally careful and was able to shoot them. Well, we yes. see, we had this debate in our chat, uh, our local area chat, and one of the uh, people was saying about how, how terrible it was. And my opinion was that, you know, it's. It's like anything. It's like, you know, would you go to an event that you knew there was going to be Haley 3 with their clouds, and then at the end of it go, I didn't bring anything to deal with clouds. Haley's broken. Like, no, you, you, you plan for what's there, and you, you know, you go for that. So it's the same Gremlin Swarms. You know there's going to be something that's stealth and incorporeal. If you don't bring well, something magical... Again, it's like going to, going to a Mark Three tournament and thinking, ah, I won't have to take any Pathfinder. Don't mean any terrain on the table. Exactly. No, that's not how it works. Just you have to have. I, I, admittedly, one of my lists has more of an adva- more of an answer for incorporeal than the other, but there is an answer there in the two lists, and it's it's all about having those little bits of tech that go. Yeah, I think I can deal with something here. Exactly. So yeah. Anyway, I, I, I think we've exhausted that uh, that line of conversation. It feels um, that way. Should we should we should we move on to any other business? Kind of kind of wrap this one up nice and early. Just make it a a super series uh, special. Yay! I feel <laughs> special. That that implies that this is fitting in between two other episodes that we've done recently and we'll do soon. I like it. Yeah. We'll do so another one. To be in fair, everyone does call me special, but I think it's for different reasons. So. <laughs> Mainly so. my wife. Oh well. Right. Let's move on to any other business. So, Benj. He's playing his game. 
Uh, yeah, I can still hear though. Uh, do I have any other business? Any other business? Do I have it? No, I think I'm good with my business. Fair enough. Uh, I'm I'm just playing games that aren't War Machine. Sweet, let's move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, any other business? So, any other hobby or kind of modeling you've done recently or um, gaming updates? Well, I've just I've literally just put together about seventy convergence models. Of various jacks and, and mans, so that's already. Um, and just so before so everyone thinks you're prepping for all those mold lines now, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and just before I'm I'm accused of being a, a war machine fanboy, I to my left have an Age of Sigmar army, which I'm I'm going to be playing at the local workshop because you know I I think it's a it's a perfectly it's not a tournament game, but it's a perfectly fun reasonable game. And I also am excited to see the custodies are coming out because those models are bloody beautiful. So I, I, I do play other games. I just prefer War Machine as my game of, of choice for events. So. Uh, I was going to say, none of us here will ever accuse anyone of either being a PP or GW fanboy. We've all dipped our toes in like various bits of hobby around the, uh, around the gaming sphere. But one thing I will mention, and I did mention this to Kurt, uh, well, to everyone, but I think I've hooked Kurt in from the, from the computer game side of things. There is a game in Alpha on Steam called They Are Billions. It's brilliant. It's like playing Command and Conquer when you're surrounded by zombies and they all want to come and murder you and you just have to survive. I will put one quota in there, though. If you don't play it on challenging on everything, then you're a massive Jesse. I'm trying to think of a PC word I can say. But... <laughs> yeah, you're running out there. Just... Don't worry, yeah. it's really bad, I can just bleep you. Okay, well, you are a bleep. There you go. <laughs> you can think yeah. of what it was. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So... Kurt, any other business? Um, I uh, played my first game with my Death Watch, my new Death Watch army this week for 40k. Okay. And I thoroughly enjoyed it and played against um, Tyranids. And they did what they should do. It looked like I was going to get swarmed and eaten. And I lost about six models and all the Tyranids died. It was, uh, yeah, it was very much. It was great to the fun. Yeah, this anti Xenos army and they threw it tons and tons of Jesus and just they all died. I lost some stuff, but. No, it was good fun, and I've just been sat here assembling a second five-man squad of Primaris um, intercessors um, uh, for that army as well, just to throw in. And uh, yeah, don't know what else I've been doing. Oh, I bought. Tell what I did buy that was really good. That I would. Um, I bought the the easy to assemble dreadnought, the Redemptor dreadnought, the bright blue plastic one. Um, that thing is a joy. It's, it's it's massive as well. It's massive. It's easy. It's nice. You can't. It's hard to imagine how 10 pieces of plastic or 11 pieces of plastic go together and look so close to 60 pieces of plastic or whatever the big one is, um, whatever the full size. And also, £45 down to £25. You don't have the weapon option. You only have one set of weapons with it. But for to throw into a Death Watch army, you want the big cannon and the flamer. You don't necessarily want plasma weapons like that on it. So I was kind of, yeah, very impressed by that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my own business I've been playing about with um, 40k. Uh, but I am getting drawn back into to War Machine with um, Chris's um, Super Series podcast and actually chatting to Chris a little bit on Facebook as well and just kind of, yeah, uh, I think I might actually um, work up to it gradually, gradually. I've got, I've got to say, looking at, I take it was the, what was it, Primaris Redemptor Dreadnought? Yes. Yeah, there's two. Looking at that, it, it, just it's it's ever so slightly different from like the the standard old marine dread that I remember. It is, and it's it's just kind of messing with my with my mind slightly because it's like 
it looks like a dreadnought, but not quite. If you Google a size it's comparison scale, of all the dreadnoughts, if you look at, if you do a size, there's some really good pictures on just some Google images. When you Google all size comparison dreadnoughts, 40k, and you get you get things like the the Leviathan, which was this was this massive 90 quid with all the weapons Forge World model. That, that clearly was the inspiration for the Redemptor, really, when you look at it. Um, and you've got the Redemptor, and you've got the old... You go back down to the old traditional one, which is still bigger than the really, really old one. And the sizes are amazing. And, the, and you throw the um, Contemptor into it as well. It's such a variation of size at the same scale. It's a fantastic model. Good yeah. fun. On the, on the board, it's great fun. So good. I was say that, that original 40k um, Dreadnought was um, something to behold. Still got one in the loft, the really, Golf really old one. Weird. That's all I'll say. Yes, yeah, so I've been having fun with Geese Workshop. I had a bit of a Warhammer Christmas, which was great fun as well, with all the kids getting really into it and getting bits and pieces. So, yeah, lots of any other business. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, actually, one other thing. Go on. I got bought Magnus the Red. Okay. Nice. Massive, great demon prince for Christmas. So he's assembled, needs some green stuff for I paint him, but he's sat there as well. So, it's like your 11th birthday all over again. It really is. <laughs> Fair enough. You? How about you, Mike? Well, myself, uh, not done much with models. I've, uh, well, yeah. I glued together um, a galleon. That, that's largely because it fell off the shelf. You see, hadn't you already done that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've already glued two of them together. That's the third, or technically fourth, because they've now both broken. Um, still not put either of them on the table in Mark Three, which sad. Um, yes. What else have I done? Uh, went to a tournament in Bristol, um, which I lost three and one one. Um, but I did have, uh, yeah, was having a bit of a headache halfway through the day, but it kind of. Cleared up, and last couple of games were pretty much okay. Um, yeah, Bristol, great venue. Go there if you can. I agree. Uh, other than that, I am about three or four weeks into a Star Wars RPG at the moment, uh, which is uh, taking up a decent chunk of time every week. And that's proved to be really good. Uh, we're playing through the Force and Destiny version at the moment. So everyone has a Force rating which, of course, naturally only two of the seven-man party have picked force powers. <laughs> yes, one's, one's, one's picked move, and I've picked influence. Uh, the only thing is, apparently, I can't roll dice. Um, because oh, if you know I, the Star Wars RPG system, yeah. um, you have essentially um, positive dice that you roll and negative dice that the GM gives you to represent difficulty. Uh, of the six die rolls that I had to do in the last session... Three of them on the difficulty dice came up with despair. Literally the worst <laughs> results you can get. Um, so not only did I flub my stealth roll into this Jedi temple and have a bunch of guards drop on us, um, not only did I, in the middle of a fight, basically stab a rock and lose my knife for the rest of the fight, <laughs> but I also, when trying to shoot the person standing next to the hostage shot the hostage instead. <laughs> so I was having an absolute whale of a time. Hostage's um, never been there. It's not your fault, mate. Uh, well, the hostage survived at least, so that, that that's good. Um, but next week we get to find out what it is we're doing for the rest of the campaign. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, how can I mitigate bad dice with any of these 20 XP? Um... <laughs> I've got the uh, intro box at Age of the uh, Rebellion. I'm a shelf, mm. but we never got round to uh, doing it. My group, unfortunately, but I think maybe having this year. having done the uh, the Age Rebellion um, starter box, 
it's uh, I'd, I'd advise whoever does GM it have a good read through it first because unlike Edge of the Empire, um, it's very open. Uh, Edge of the Empire is very much a guided story in that you go from A to B to C to D. Um, Age of Rebellion basically gives you a planet with about six or seven locations in that you can hop between at will with um, daft plans the party can use to completely derail what's in the book. <laughs> uh, so our first time GM had to do an awful lot of making stuff up on the spot to just go, right, you're trying something that's really daft. I need to come up with a way that you can actually do this. Bear with me for a second. Um, I mean, that did involve jamming a boffin's face into Stormtrooper armor, but it's fine. They nice. looked a bit like a Stormtrooper. Um, Many boffins died. Many well, boffins that, died. That, that one did not. That one survived. Gee. Um, but I, I, broke I, the game, man. I thoroughly recommend the Star Wars RPG because it is, it is a great starter RPG. It's very... As long as you can understand the symbols on the dice, it's very simple to run because all you're doing is you know, your yellow and green dice add positives, your purple and red dice add negatives, and you basically just cancel down and say, yep, I have two success and one advantage. And then the GM can translate that into, okay, you hit and good stuff happens as well. Or if you get enough advantage, you hit and also get a crit. And, and, and you know, it's, it's very easy for a GM with that kind of feedback to kind of add it into the narrative, make something cooler or better or you know it's it, it's it's a lovely system um i will say the full rule book though you could knock out a small child very easily with one of those could it, can't be, it can't be worse than a Gricola rule book even though that's quite thin it's just full of shit uh, I, 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 i'll just turn around and... i can't see it my window crashed oh wait no yeah i know yeah i've got that, one that that's yeah. your age of rebellion book right that's uh I've got one of them kicking around. I don't think it's Age of Rebellion that I've got for that, though. Uh, I will know. say, uh, again, all the um, the main books do share a lot of content, and that's all the mechanical stuff, uh, where they do vary the classes and races that are available. Um, so, and, and they are all useful, but they are not readable as a book. I'm just going to say that now. Not readable as a book at all. Um, they are pure reference guides. The ones in the starter box, um, very readable. Just to get through. Oh, apparently Star Wars did really badly in China. That's quite weird. Yes, because Star Wars isn't really a thing over there as a franchise. Well, I, th I thought The Force Awakens did quite well. It did okay. It it, it didn't do brilliantly. The, the thing is, uh, uh, again, this is another tangent. Um, uh, Star Wars was was never really exposed to, to China as like the original films. So they don't have what the rest of the world had in that progression from the original trilogy to the prequels to the sequels. Well, they didn't get the Turkish movies, though. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs this. No one. Uh, even even the clips are just enough to send you crazy. But I would say... Turkish Star Wars. YouTube it, people. No, even I will with, not. Even with The Last Jedi not doing terribly well in China, I think Disney are going to be okay. I think they will. I think, they'll, I think they'll weather the storm. I'm intrigued <laughs> by the incorporation of Fox. That intrigues me. Let, let, let's just look. Hasn't happened yet. No, so, no. Last Jedi, worldwide, $1.2 billion. Jesus. I mean, that's that's not Force Awakens numbers, um, but it, it 
It's the what is it? Second highest grossing Star Wars film of all time. I could buy a lot of bread with that. What so, second highest grossing? Yeah, uh, second is, highest grossing Star Wars film of all time. What is um, Last Jedi? Last Jedi. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the, the, what, the after top, Force Awakens? Yeah. So Force Awakens takes that by a mile. That's like nearly a billion dollars in the US. Uh, Last Jedi, $600 million in the US. And then you got Rogue One. Weirdly, fourth highest grossing, The Phantom Menace. Yeah, we all got really excited about that. So the thing is... I took a morning off work to go and watch that. Jesus. I have watched the entire saga recently. I quite enjoyed The Phantom Menace. Yeah. I, I even sat there through the pod race and went, this is quite fun, really. No, I like it now. I, I moan about but, how long this is, but it's quite fun. I like it now. When I was 26, I did not. <laughs> I, I yeah. did not like the pod race then or now, but I think... I love it. There's, there's enough time for Stockholm Syndrome to have kicked in by now, so we just accept the appallingly awful parts and forget that Jar Jar Binks is the bat, that bad. And do then you know just what, go, Wee! Do you know what, Chris? I'll tell you what, tell you what Phantom Menace is for, and you'll enjoy this. Phantom Menace is a way to watch more Star Wars with your children. You can, <laughs> yes. From about four years old, you can put Phantom Menace in front of them and they love it. I'm done with this. Really, my, really uh, my, my soon-to-be daughter will, will be a nerd, whether she likes it or not. Uh, my youngest, <laughs> who really wasn't... Actually, my youngest, who really wasn't that into Star Wars the last 12 months, she now loves Return of the Jedi for the obvious reasons. And uh, she was the most excited in the house about um, Last Jedi, about Ray and sitting in the cinema and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, loved it. I do have one other, any other business that I forgot. Oh, go on. I had a uh, Kickstarter finally arrive. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> was this the Kickstarter we discussed on the last episode? I don't think so. Was it? What did we discuss? Rail Raiders. It is, yeah. It's, it actually arrived last yeah, week. Yeah, there we go. Oh, I've had it a week. It, um, and has now played it and it is really good I'm not sure it's worth nearly a two year wait yeah I was going to say I ordered, it, I ordered it April 2016 <laughs> well uh, I was going to say it's time for the, uh, the, the the check every time you mention Kickstarter where I have to go to Kickstarter and just, just check on one thing that's on there <laughs> Legends <laughs> uh, oh god they've changed where things are Help. is that Legends the or the layout of Kickstarter has changed, and frankly, it scares me. Uh, right, so that's... Um, wow, it's not even on the first page anymore. Was Legends at the same time as Rail Raiders? So, Super Dungeon Explore Legends, yeah. estimated delivery date... Never. December 2016. Yes. They it's are cool. still sending updates. It's still a work in progress. It I, get the updates. I get the updates because I threw a dollar at that because I was thinking about jumping in later. So you put a dollar on there, things, means you can buy it off the store later and stuff, can't you? So I did that at the time. Yeah. So I get the updates, but I don't care. I'm just like, no. It, I mean, it funded so long ago now. Was it before um, Railroaders or just after? It was close to okay, it, I think. Before. Was it before? Wow. Wait, wait. There is the is re it? Do you think that the reboot of Relic Knights will come out before... <laughs> Which would be ironic. But I'm sorry, um, there's a reboot going. I, I, I'll be honest, no one cares. Second Ed, no, no, but yeah. I just no, I I was in that. No, 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 no. Um, uh, conversely, um, Green Horde for Zombicide. Um, this is literally the, the same conversation we had. I've yeah. listened to is it, is it, is it the same like, one. I beg your pardon. Three months ago, I listened to this conversation the other day. This oh, okay. Weird. Oh, shut up then. I am waiting for my remaining Kickstarter, which is Unstable Unicorns. <laughs> the strategy the strategy card game of unicorns to find out how unstable your friendships really are. 
Wow. What? Genius. That's cool. It's got a not suitable for work edition, which I made sure I added on as well. Oh, is that by the Exploding Kittens people? Uh, I, similar aesthetic. I'm not sure it's the same guy. Uh, exactly. They were doing it's something really new, bad. But... Right. But um, yeah, it's, it's art. It's, like, it's just dead, it's dead sort of simple. Well, it's not simple, but you know, that kind of simple art. But he's got like characters where the uh, chainsaw for a unicorn horn and stuff like that. So I'm excited for that. I'm hoping it arrives before um, Bones gone. Oh, you can take it for evenings, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Anyway, okay. So thank you very much, guys, for having me on. Right. Let's. Uh, I think it's about time to wrap this up then. So let's hand over to uh, Kurt to sign Hello. Us uh, you've been listening to Elite Cadre. The uh, what are we? Are we hordes of War Machine today? Because there's been lots of hordes podcast and other things. Yeah. Let's um, go for War Machine hordes. Yeah. War Machine hordes podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, I've been Kurt. I've been Mike. I've been Benj. And I've been Chris. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. been listening to elite cadre a war machine and hordes podcast email us at elite cadre podcast at gmail.com or find the whole team on twitter at bit.ly forward slash elite cadre music provided by martin de bont and symphony of specters and now in a world of perfect production and seamless transitions we bring you the chaos that lurks beneath the surface these are the Easter eggs. Expensive audiobooks. Is that like, too? Yes, they are. Like all of them. They are to buy them, more, yes. Then, yeah, one and a half times speed. I, I will say I have watched episodes of TV shows at something like 1.3 times. And depending on the player you've got, it can do weird things with the audio to make yeah. it sound like normal. Oh. Just at a rapid pace. That'd be very. It is, yeah, but it's it, it, me. Again, it feels like a much snappier show when it goes. To, like, <laughs> all the quips, <laughs> straight to it. <laughs> all the actions, just that much more brutal. Although people walk kind of weirdly. Yeah, they all walk like they just shat themselves, and that's why they're killing each other. <laughs> to be fair, if I had to murder a lot of people, I'd probably have shat myself at some point during it. So, you know, that would make more sense. Fair enough. Uh, right, so. Going back to what we're actually 
I hate I hate to use the word planning to do for the show. Ooh, Ooh. See, just, yeah. we're not that kind of podcast. Just like to point that out, we're not that kind of podcast. I know, I know. Well, see if this if this, any kind of podcast for a bit. If been lost hemisphere, there would be a type to gender. Uh, don't even remind that me. I'd have posted to you all beforehand. <laughs> I don't know if Chris has even listened to this anymore. Different Chris, obviously. Um, yeah, he probably doesn't anymore. No, no, probably not. Not that one to slag him off anyway. No, he's a great bloke. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything else anyone anyone wants to talk about? The usual, really, just usual stuff. So Benj wants to talk about how everything is awful and um, well, the, the usual. Yes, I said that already. The usual. Yes, I didn't realise I got my own slot. By the way, do you want to know something really funny? You guys might find this quite funny. I'm in, I'm, I'm going to our event tomorrow, uh, our first regional qualifier, um, and I may have put Grimkin down. But may have sneakily been making two convergence lists. Uh, so I'm now I'm now gonna go on and change my <laughs> army the night before and see if anyone notices. Uh, <laughs> see see who it is that was really um you know, really on the ball watching uh, watching the, the uh, things. See if someone panics and has to go, oh no, convergence ah <laughs> Oh looks the same. What? I will say now, having had my first experience playing against Grimkin, yes, I've done that. I, I kind of wanted to vomit all over the table. Oh, they're great! Oh, I was playing against uh, was it the Wanderer? Yeah, and yeah, it's not fun. Kurt, can you guess what spell he's got? No. Starcross. Oh yeah, <laughs> my favourite spell. You love that. You love Starcross. I know you. Do. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. thing, the thing about the thing about Grimkin, though, and I'd say this to our locals, is people disliked playing them because it takes you back to the time when you started playing War Machine. It does exactly that. Hundred percent, though, because you 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 and you just got smashed every game because every yep. game you go, aha! I know you're going to knock me down this time, so I'm now not knocked downable, and they'd be like, okay, I just debuff you and shoot you anyway and you're like yeah. oh bollocks and the next time you're like okay i can't be shot and i can't be knocked down and they're like okay i said the jack to kill you and it's, it's, it over and over. it's just play it's, and every time someone goes okay i've stopped you getting sacrifice arcana and you're like brilliant but you just walked into the other arcana so oh. use that instead it's the other twelve thousand things i had prepared for you <laughs> exactly exactly so in like a year's time It'll be fine. Like it'll oh, just yeah. be another faction. Uh, Except that I've played since the last time I played Grimkin. The worst thing is, people already know what more of the Grimkin stuff is than any of the Convergence stuff. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. And I played against Convergence and I loads of Silvermen. Good. What, what's that thing again? What, 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 what's what's it called? Does that have a gun? <laughs> How the can you tell? Thing. The floaty one. I, I will honestly say. Um, this is the thing. While they are aesthetically and artistically quite nice, yeah, they are some of the worst designed miniatures in terms of War Machine that I've ever seen. Which is this convergence of Grimkin? Convergence, because Grimkin all have very. It's it's one thing that PP's uh, designers used to go on about. Oh, the silhouette. the silhouettes, yeah. Silhouette. Convergence's silhouettes are all the same. Yeah. <laughs> I think there seems to be it does seem to be deliberate though, doesn't it? It doesn't seem to be an accident. Yeah, they are they are definite they are legion kind of feel to them. I mean uh, yeah, clockwork legions, yeah. Totally I think I, I think the main problem with that though is is it's to do with because I've been putting them all together and I think it's really to do with the way that it's balanced. So because previously all the infantry was just never seen, the yeah. infantry does have different silhouettes. You know, you've got the different medium bases, you've got yeah. the two types of 
uh, small infantry, and then you have the jacks. But because no one was taking the infantry, it was literally just that jack, that jack, that, that jack, and that one. And they all look the same. I have no idea what's going on other than that penis keeps killing the models. That, that thing, yes. Just the tech. Oh, the, 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 the battle engine is just... Oh, yep. God. It's beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> it was, the first time I ran up against one of those, it was like, okay, I'm going to put this thing here and this thing here and this thing here. Right now, there's a there's a spray that's coming out of here, and I get to do this twice, and it's going to deal four dice of damage. All I'm saying oh, is the first, the first time I saw it, I held it, and oh, I held. It was long, and it was hard, and then I picked up the tap. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't do any of that for me, I'm afraid. Ben just got quiet. <laughs> Oh, Benji's probably off playing a video game somewhere. It's fine. Yes, almost certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll stop. I'll stop making too much noise a minute when we actually start doing recording. Play, just, uh... play. They are billions. That that is an amazing game. What? They they are billions. Okay. Is that a mobile game? No, it's a Steam oh, game. Oh, it sounds like a mobile game. It's it's like an RTS tower survival thing. It's like Pink Command and Conquer, where the entire map is covered in zombies and they all want to eat you, and you just <laughs> have to survive for a hundred days. That sounds really fun. What's it called? But they just keep coming at you in hordes. What's it called? If you play it, don't be a pussy. Play it on its original settings, which is challenging on everything. What's it called? They are billions. I, I see are... these people streaming it, and they're going, oh, I'm going to do it. Day 112. And it's like, well, you're not going to do it, because if you're playing it on proper mode, you've got to get to level, you got to get to 100, because what they do is they cram the hordes into 100 days, whereas when you play it easier, you get more days, but the hordes are spread along, so you get more time to survive. I'm on. I'm on attempt thirty-four of completing it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Twenty quid. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's still in alpha though. They're going to bring out an entire single player for it. I'm just playing it for the survival mode. It's brilliant. See, video game. I have this. I have this problem with Steam. In that, I open up Steam and I go, "What shall I play from my backlog of like a thousand games?" Yep. And I start scrolling down. I get to Civ Five and go, "Ah, what can one more game hurt?" And that's <laughs> it. And then, and then the New Year's party arrives, and you go, "Oh shit!" Well, I'm currently at one thousand seven hundred and sixty-seven hours on Civ Five. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm quite. I don't want to know. I don't think the the, the worst one for me is Civilization. Oh, Civilization Five. Sorry, I don't understand yeah. the shorthand. I I had time off when it came out. I did. I played it. Played it. Played it. Played it. Completed it with the dwarfs. Because I think I completed it with the vampires. Since that point, I bought every expansion, but never played it because I kind of really want, and including the second game, because I really want to play it with everything. But, but because they keep bringing stuff out, I can't bring myself to play it. Put all that time in again, and then and bring more stuff out, and then have to do it again. So literally, I have literally the entire collection unplayed. Brilliant. Yeah, Steam is a problem. I have it. Yep. I don't. I have, I have a plastic issue though. I keep buying plastic instead. But you see, you say that like it's mutually exclusive. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Yeah, no. I don't have the. Um, I just don't play computer games. Don't play much of any of it anymore. I used to a lot. Don't anymore. See, I, I found I've played more games since I bought my Switch because I can sit in the living room, not use the big screen TV, and just and be play. there playing games. Is that the Nintendo thing? Yeah. Yeah. As I say, I was going to go. What's the Switch? Like you know, I'll be the old person who doesn't know what any of these things are. It was it was the Zelda thing, although I now believe there's lots of there, stuff that's coming for it. There's, no, I do there's Zelda, there's Mario Odyssey, there's Mario Kart, there's. Um, oh, See, I, not, I don't have that. I don't have that personal space issue because I have a whole house, so I can do what I like. But it, it, yeah, yeah, true. For, for you, it's not as as big of a thing, but but for me, 
I kind of I don't want to be up in the room all the time, but when I'm in the living room, there's one screen for four of us. Yeah. So yeah, that's. But uh, I think I got to a certain point with computer games where I get more when I don't have that much time to sit and do stuff, or certainly doesn't feel like it. I'd rather sit here and scrape plastic for an evening. I feel like I've got something for my time than play games. Although right now that seems rather appealing, so that might happen. I don't know. But I've got some Zelda that I haven't played, so that might be fun. Yay! Spread the addiction. But I'm not buying a Switch. Uh, okay, uh, Rich Dean wants me to talk about um, the the new Nintendo thing, which is uh, Nintendo Labo. Uh, don't know if you've seen this. No. Okay, so Nintendo Labo. Um, it's why really it? it's really hard to explain. Oh, that's like, so that's why he's asked you to talk about it. Yeah. Do, do you know the um, have a the, the setup of the Switch where you've got kind of the main console and then the two detachable controllers cut? Yes. Okay. It's got like an evolution of the Wii U, yeah. Yes. So what Labo does is it's a set of um, rigid cardboard constructible sheets you can buy. Okay, um, I'm already confused, yeah. That you can essentially assemble into a shape and put the various bits of the console in. So it, it will actually probably be... Mm, I don't know if you can YouTube while... Have you got enough bandwidth to YouTube while uh, we... Uh, Broadcast. Um, maybe let's try it. Okay. VPN's not on, that might help, right? Okay. Yeah. Is, is there a chat I should be seeing, by the way? Or is that separate? Uh, the, the, there is one on the right hand side. You'll you'll probably get a ping from it as soon as I. Oh, you want me to paste. get a link? Ah, I'm not going to. Cool. So, so what I've done there is just linked Kurt to uh, Labo. The Nintendo Labo video, which is. It, it's really hard to explain. Oh, I can't find the stupid chat. I'm, a, I'm on a tablet. I've got it. Do you want to send it to uh, Facebook? Yes, please. That would be amazing. Okay. I got. I can answer the chat. I still can't see the thing. Never mind. Anyway, let's go back to the main chat. There we go. Right. There Facebook. we go. There's the thing. Oh my God, it's it's like cardboard. What? <laughs> see, this is this is the thing. People are really confused. What the? F- so, for reference, what people are watching now are videos of people constructing a piano out of cardboard. Hang on. Those no spoilers. Right. What? Okay. First look at Nintendo Labo. It, it's a really swish video. So I'm, what? I'm just going to kind of talk over the point where people are, are sitting there going, uh, at this at this construction, this this magnificent thing. I need the drugs that these guys are on to come to this far. <laughs> is this not amazing? Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. What? What? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so by now, Kurt has seen the fact that someone can make a cardboard piano and a house and a plane. Yeah, switch in it and play the piano. Um, yes, I have. It's by the fact that the infrared, fishing. Yeah, the infrared sensor on the red uh, Joy-Con picks up the movement of the keys inside, and you can, you can change it to different instruments, pitch shift it. One of the weird ones is you can get a, a piece of paper. Draw a waveform on there, put it in a slot on the top of the piano, and it will pitch bend all the notes by the waveform you've given. My 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 brain can't cope with that. No, I'm there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. What? Confused by this. It's not over yet. No, there's always more. To be fair, it down. is like a three-minute video. So I see. Okay, it's it's not making me want to spend that much money because I've got any. But um, Why I've still, got, it... I've still got... got a Zelda that I've not even barely started. I think. Why my my first question and only question comes in like 
does it turn out that although that looks genius that the nintendo labo needs to be it's made from a certain type of cardboard which can only be made from i don't know like venezuelan monkey goat skin or something yeah i was gonna get baby something it, yeah. it can only be made from cardboard prepared by nintendo yeah what? which is laced with heroin and that's how they get you in Probably. Why has it, it got 24k downvotes though? Like, um, I mean, it, even if you hate Nintendo, that's pretty awesome. I didn't watch because... the end, so maybe there's something horrible at the end. Okay. okay. Oh my god, everyone just talked to once then. What was that? I'll let Chris go. I, I was just saying, there's an actual backpack which is resistant for being a robot. Yep. You can, you can become a punching robot by wearing a cardboard backpack. I mean... <laughs> I see another topic we could talk about. Um, Ready Player One. Yeah, I, I, I do not know the. Well, I have not read the I, book. I do now. I do now. I didn't, but I went. What's this film thing? Let's get the book. So I do now. Uh, I avoided it for a long time because it was all hyped and stuff, and I was a bit like, really, really, really. I do own the audio book. I've just not listened to it because at the moment, well, the, getting... the Will Wheaton one's so good. Yeah, that's the one I've got. It's really good. At the moment, I'm listening to Harry Potter. So I don't think I ever do that. Feels like the kind of film that you're going to watch and come away and go, wow, but then have to buy and then sit there and still frame it and, and take like four hours still framing going, oh, look at that character. I think there's that, there's, there's that, but there's also, there's, there's, I think there's going to be that, but there's also going to be, they have, it's been written in conjunction with the writer and they couldn't put everything in from the book that they wanted to and they put different stuff in that was inspired at the time. So the book is going to complement the film and the film complement the book and not be one copy of the other, is what I read. And Ready Player 2 comes out in March or April. Fair enough. Right. Shall we, and I know this is hard for everyone, shall we make a start Oof. and then we can waffle Sorry. on endlessly afterwards? Yay. Yes. Okay. <laughs>